0: Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Oh, welcome to the Coppercast with the President VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Pres Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky Etdog VP Ettridge. Welcome to the show and welcome Etdog. dog
2: ah, good day, mate. How are you on this beautiful day,
0: mate? I'm doing all right. We're back in training. We're we're flying, mate. We're doing
2: all right. It's good, hey, mate. Bit bit odd, you know. Obviously during COVID periods, we're on these Zoom calls a lot, and this is the first. Uh, Time we've actually recorded the intro, recorded anything in about two and a half weeks.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been good. Mike. We've been actually seeing each other in person at training and
2: kicking the footy. That, and... I wouldn't say that's good, but kicking the footy is it. <laughs> <laughs> in person, not so much. <laughs> uh, I, I forget what you look like when you yeah, your screen is not mirrored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, no mate, as yeah, you, no. yeah, you said, mate, we're back to um Started back last week, Monday, Wednesday. Uh, obviously, we didn't have training Monday just being because of our Super Bowl, but yeah. good good numbers for the first week, I, I, I would have thought.
0: Yeah, it was uh, very good, very encouraging. And, you know, everyone's keen to get out there and get back to it, which is good. So,
2: uh, yeah, with that, you know, obviously, if training's back. We've, been, <laughs> I reckon uh, we've changed what we're doing with the Cobra Cast more, more times, than Victoria's changed their COVID restrictions with uh, what we plan on, plan on doing. and But we've, we've changed it again for the, the future. So obviously, you know, we plan to do our weekly uh, review show and then also one of the usual cover casts that we do every week and have a discussion, mate, because obviously life gets a bit busy and we don't have the time. That's going to change. Once you know, We're still going to do this probably up to maybe a week before the season starts. And then as the season starts, we'll just pretty much be doing our post-game recap shows we might throw a you know around the globe special in there every so often but we won't be speaking to clubs around the world as, as often as uh we have been unfortunately but that's just because mate, we've got footy to play it's footy three days a week you know family duties work work life we just don't have the time to to do it as much as we'd like to yeah well that's it, it does take a fair bit of time,
0: and uh, yeah, hopefully we still, you know, we still get enough content out there
2: for everyone. But well, mate, once the season finishes, we'll go back to uh, doing this. Yeah, I mean, you know, we might we might have a few weeks off, do international, a few more weeks off at the same um, over the New Year break like we did this year. But it doesn't mean we're not going to do you know, episodes. You know, if we, for example, play Friday night. You and me are both friends. a Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. We've got clubs that want to chat to us. We'll jump on, record them, and put them out um, across the course of the year. But, you know, obviously the pro the game recap will be live on a Monday night on Facebook. And we'll probably throw we'll throw the audio up on the, all the podcast uh, services on maybe Tuesday or Wednesday just for people that, well, obviously, you know, our friends in America aren't going to be able to watch us live on uh, Monday night at 7 p.m. Yeah, well, mate. We'll we'll just see how much editing I've got to do, to, you know. If you, mate, if with you me, you uh, getting
0: a bit carried away too much. We might mate, have with, to edit too much out.
2: Mate, with me producing the, uh, doing the producing side of things, mate, we should we should be flying here. Will we flying by then? Yeah, I will
0: just, I'm, I i do not know if you, if you've had a game where you didn't get it quite kicked you as nicely as you you like, you you know there might be a couple of rants or a few
2: sprays at players here and there, but. Mate, but the thing is, like. The game, the games where you know, I've had a big Saturday night would be the easiest podcast. Because I go for ten minutes, i to be like, "Yep, cool, we won." I'm, I'm too hung. I'm still too hung over this shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. my, I'm, I'm look. I'm tell you what, mom I'm bursting at the seams to be able to uh, express the news about what round one's going to be when we finally get the old uh, clear to do so. Yeah, mate. Uh, I... Again, again, we can't, we can't learn anything out of the bag, but you ninety-nine know, percent sure there's gonna be some big news coming out for our round one
0: yeah either way it's gonna be big it's gonna be big because a year out and you know two years for you out of the game and um you know either way it's gonna be a big big first round but if everything goes the way it go hopefully goes and it'll be yeah a very special round one for us um Mate, but before we get into the interview, you started this whole, you know, let's uh, sh- local business shout out, and and then you've come to me with nothing.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, it's I completely forgot about it. To be honest with you, I'm not, not going to lie to you. Completely forgot about it. Yeah, well, luckily, you
0: know, one of us was prepared, so I've got a business to shout out
2: for us. you know and- what, right, mate. You sh- you shout out this business, and then I'm going sh- to I'll shout out another business that um, isn't. No, it's, we, we know very well about it. It'll, it'll tie in with something for next week. All right. Nice. Well, this one is, uh, we've had, you
0: know, we had back to back sweets last time we had shred bike care. This one will, we've hit the sweets too hard. So now we need to go see a doctor or something. We need to get, so this is prescribing nature. All right. So what they are is a naturopath down in Frankston. Um, and, I don't know. Hey, are you, you're aware of what a naturopath can do for you, mate, at all?
2: I absolutely not. <laughs> when, well, when that's you, all right. I'm here to say, tell you. When you said to me, this is what I'm going to go with you, you good with that, I'm like, yep, fucking go for it. I'm assuming it's something to do with nature and healing and some, well, something yeah, like mate. that you're not far off it
0: so they they use you know more natural remedies for you know your ailments what ails you but they oh, like also
2: leeches on the skin for fucking whatever it is i had
0: <laughs> yeah not quite that but ah. <laughs> more you know herbs and different capsules and all sorts of stuff but they can also do blood tests they can do iris scans so they can do you know check your Iron levels, your B12 levels, thyroid functions, hormone testing—they can blood sugar markers, all these different things that they can do. That you know, you're not getting from your normal GP. You know, your GPs just want to do a normal blood test, tell you your cholesterol's too high or yeah, whatever, and they your give you medication. Yeah, and they want to give you medication, but you know, they want to help you naturally. They want to help you get better naturally. And I know a lot of people are looking looking at more natural ways to get themselves healthier and um, Jen at Prescribing Nature, she does a great job with, um, you know, helping people out. And especially she's, she specializes in women's health as well. So, you know, women that are struggling with some hormone problems and um, things like that. I know, you know, we've got a lot of new, new mums at the club that might be having some issues post post um, birth and, you know, might, might want to get their hormones tested and get, get back on the healthy side and help them lose some of the, you know, the baby weight and things like that. So she can help you out with all those things. So it's prescribing nature on Facebook or prescribing Um Go check them out and book in with Jen and get an appointment down in Frankston there.
2: Yeah. Now normally this is where I'd be, I'd chime in with something, but you've said it beautifully. I have nothing to add to, I have nothing to, add to that. Uh, yeah. Head on down and, Check him out now, my, my mate. It's not necessarily a shout out, but SCD, mate. We uh, had Phil down on was it Monday night? He came down to yep. show off some uh, some new apparel that they're producing, and oh by God, it was a uh, it was delicious to look at. Yeah,
0: yeah it was very nice. Very, uh, mate. It was one of the things I'd been waiting for to get. So yeah, I can't wait it to was, get our, was, yeah, was, get our colors
2: on it. It was pretty much, uh, the jackets were one thing that when we were looking for clubs, uh, looking for clubs, looking for companies to go with, we wanted that. And unfortunately at the time SCD didn't have it, but you know, everything else they offered was too good to, to pass up. But I'll bring them up, mate, because um, they're the apparel partner of Nations Footy Cup. Now next week's episode, we chat with uh, Michael and BJ, who are the organisers of the footy Nation's the Nations Footy Cup. Um, so keep an eye out for that, mate. But if, you, mate, if you've got nothing to do, Sunday the 28th of February, from 9am onwards, head down to uh, Highgate Reserve, the home of the cold Cannons, and watch some international footy. Mate, we do this podcast with the International Flavour of Aussie Rules, and there's a, you know, a tournament going on in our, well, not quite our backyard, but you know, an hour away from, from home. Mate and it ties in beautifully with our next
0: guest because one of the countries that's getting represented in the nation's footy cup is new zealand and we're about to head over to new zealand to chat with dean cameron from the
2: christchurch bulldogs so mate, mate, it ties in beautifully oh well mate, this is a great chat but um before that you know head across to our facebook and you know, i search nation's footy cup uh we'll share the socials and you know, come on down you'll, you'll probably see me and rifty there i guess we're going to be there having a Mate. We, it's, could be could be a bit more going on if uh, all all things. If they can pull us away from the food trucks, we'll go watch some footy. Yeah, but... other than that, it should be a good day. But as you said, Christchurch Bulldogs across in, uh, in New Zealand Sonora. This was this is a, a great chat. Pro, possibly one of the best ways a club has ever come up with the name they've chosen. Normally, you get the you know. Uh, we chose the kangaroos because the bite they found at the club was a kangaroo supporter. Well, this one, we ain't not given anything away. I mean, if you send the snippets for the week, it's been given away already. But th- this was fantastic, this story. Yeah, mate, it
0: was a cracking story. And uh, good episode, a good chat with Dean over there in uh, Christchurch. So, yeah, enjoy this one. And we'll be back next week with Michael and BJ from the Nations Footy Cup. Um, And yeah, enjoy this one. We'll catch you then. All right. So today we have Dean Cameron joining us all the way from over the pond from uh, New Zealand. He's from the Christchurch Bulldogs. Thanks for joining us, mate.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, Mate, uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, It's good to to venture over the pond and learn about uh, footy over there. So keen to learn about the Bulldogs. Um, but before we get into the club, how did you sort of get involved in Aussie Rules over in Christchurch?
1: Um, well, I would sort of always had a loose knowledge of the game without, I guess, following it or anything like that. And um, in 2014, I started following the comp properly. And um, then I always knew that there was a competition in Christchurch. And I sort of thought I wanted to get back into a bit of team sport, I hadn't Done anything for a few years, so um, did a bit of research and found the Bulldogs, and went to a preseason kick around in 2015, and that was it really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice. So, how long have you played for, and, and what position do you play?
1: Uh, so I'm coming up seven years now. I've played. Um, at the moment, I find myself either in the back pocket or the forward pocket, um, but have tried pretty much everywhere on the field, um, but. I'd probably prefer to play on the forward line and try and kick goals like most people, but don't actually mind being a being a defender and um, doing a bit of hard work either. She's a uh, spitting image of you, Mate,
0: Just a good old utility. <laughs> there's a, some
1: and there's some glorious beards in this thing too, isn't there? there. <laughs> there's a lot of hair. <laughs>
2: yeah, I wish I could say the same about my head, but no, <laughs> unfortunately not. <laughs> uh, what number do you wear, mate? I right, wear number ten. Number ten. Is there any uh, special reason behind that?
1: Um, uh, not really. Um, I've blown out of it in the last couple of years, so it was the one that fitted me the best, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, no, no particular reason, I don't, I don't believe. Uh, do you follow the AFL? I do, yeah. Uh,
2: who, yeah. Do you, who do you go for, man? Uh,
1: I am Richmond supporter, Richmond, uh,
2: yeah. The podcast started really well and it's going to shit now.
1: <laughs> I'll just um, preface it by saying I'm not a bandwagoner. I started oh, okay. in twenty four. I started in twenty fourteen when they were shit out. So,
2: <laughs> nah, that's fair. I'll give you that.
0: Uh, well, you got to consider yourself pretty lucky though to to jump on Richmond right when they start start getting good and. and... You know, you haven't had to go through the heartache of burning memberships in the microwave and all those things that normal Richmond supporters have gone through. You've just...
1: Yeah, it's and it, yeah, it was quite nice that, you know, that sort of rose in the first couple of years that I supported them. Um, and yeah, now it's nice just riding the wave until eventually it'll come crashing down at some stage, but hopefully it's not for a couple of years. But there's a couple of boys in there. Well, there's one guy in particular on the team who's been... he's coming up 30 and he's a lifelong Richmond supporter and he still talks about um, you know, when he was a kid and all that sort of thing and just how it was just absolutely horrible so um, I sort of I get a bit of a vibe of how it used to be but yeah, I've been pretty lucky like you say, to jump on them at a time where they were just sort of getting good and um, yeah, now it's really good Yeah, nice So who's, who's the favourite player to watch? Um, I actually read this question when you sent and I was trying to think, you know, like everybody loves Dusty obviously Um, but I think in terms of a player to watch, I really like watching guys like Cripps and pally just because especially Cripps because he just like, Carlton had just been mud forever and um, he's just an absolute war horse you know, he you know, just puts his body on the line week in, week out and you don't appreciate until you see a guy like that playing live how big he is and how actually how skillful he is for someone that big. And I think that's why a lot of people, especially over here, don't appreciate about the AFL is where you've got these, you know, better part of two-metre tall midfielders doing, you know, doing things that, you know, five-foot-nine um, on-ballers can't do. So I just think, yeah, guys, guys like that uh, are really impressive Um and there's, yeah, I wouldn't say I have a favourite player, but there's just, there's guys and teams that I enjoy watching, and he's probably one that sticks out in particular. He's a
0: very good player and a beast, beast around the contest. So he's, uh, he's enjoyable to watch. Um, so when was the actual Bulldogs club first founded and, and how did they get get it all started?
1: So the club was actually um, born through the, the University Cougars here in Christchurch because at the time there was only three teams in the comp and they sort of became like a, a little brother to the, to the Cougars and that was back in 2003 and they trained with them and they actually wore like a hand-me-down strip from a, a club that had folded um, and then they became a club in their own right in 2006 and um, from there they've sort of grown and they got got whipped with all the whipping boys for probably the first three or four years um, of their existence and then since then through a lot of hard work the club has grown to consistently be in the grand final for the, I think last year was the first year in 11 years the club hadn't made the grand final so... um, yeah, it was basically all down. There was a fella by the name of Steve Langridge um, and him, between him and a fella, Lachlan Keating and Terry Anderson, put in a lot of hard work to, to make the club an actual club. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much been how it's been, how they started, how the club started and now we're just trying to trying to keep things rolling.
2: Is there still a bit of, um yeah, a good... Connection and good brotherhood with the uh, University Cougars, since other ones that sort of gave the club a start, even though it was almost twenty years ago now. Yeah, there,
1: and I think given that it's a fourteen competition, there's there's always a connection between all the clubs. Um, There has to be, otherwise you don't. um, You know, you you can't run a successful fourteen competition without buy-in from everyone. There's always going to be the uh, the differences in personalities and opinions on how things should be done, Um, but. Without that, you don't have diversity or anything like that. So, And there's always the, the rivalry on the, on the field is always good. But in general, there's a, there's a mutual respect between, between the Bulldogs and Cougars especially, but between all the clubs that, um, that play in Christchurch, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. So why do they um, choose the name the Bulldogs? And did the club colours come from just the hand-me-down strips that they were given back in the day, or did they choose their own colours when they got their own jumpers?
1: So the official line as to why they became the bull, we became the Bulldogs was that at the first training a bloke bought his pet bulldog down, and he chased a footy around on the field until he could get it, and he sunk his teeth into it and popped it. So they thought if the uh, theory was that if um, the players could have that much uh, that much uh, mongrel and go for the ball, then the club would probably do alright. The colours. Uh, red and black and that's purely because that's the colour of Canterbury so all the Canterbury rugby teams always wear red and black and it's just the two colours that um, are synonymous with Canterbury and New Zealand and the original strip was basically a red and black version of the well probably uh, I don't know if that would have been Footscray back then but probably of the Western Bulldogs strip um, and we still have we still use the the Bulldog in the border of the, the Western
2: Bulldogs logo um, on our on our strip we have now. Yeah, your current jump is an absolutely nice looking one, but Rifty, can you uh, guess what the snippet for this episode is going to be? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you guys have a theme song?
1: The theme song is um, a knockoff of the North Melbourne song, actually. Um, I won't sing it because... <laughs> <laughs> You can find it on YouTube if you really want to look. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it actually works quite well. And I didn't know until um, after following footy for a few years that it was actually the North Melbourne song. Ironically, after it was after North Melbourne beat Richmond in the 2015 uh, elimination final that I learned that that was our Bulldogs team song, <laughs> <laughs> which was a pretty shitty way to find out, but however. Um, but... It, as far as um, you know club songs in new zealand go it's you know it's an actual club song rather than you know a uh, people just sort of pull pull bits and pieces out of here and there to, to put something together but uh, it works really well
0: yeah nice so how did the club go back in its first game and do you, do you know who they played against back Back
1: then? The the first official game was against the Cougars, and supposedly the score was one hundred and forty three to one, and they kicked it the behind in the final minutes of the game, and they uh, it was celebrated like it was a goal. Uh, we've been on the end of
0: a couple of those beatings in our time. It's uh, but it makes the uh, success when it comes all the more sweeter, and uh, it builds you know, character. That's yeah, right, does. that's right. Character building, that's for sure. But you, you did take out the, the flag in uh, 2019. Um, and to, to be able to sort of rise up to the ranks and take home a flag, I'm sure you've had to do a bit of recruiting. So how, how have you gone about recruiting players to the team?
1: Um, well, since I've been involved, we've been really lucky in the fact that um, we haven't had to do much active recruiting in the sense because we've there's always just been guys who've just brought their mates down. Um, and there's always been a bit of a connection between winter codes like rugby, rugby league, soccer, that sort of thing. So um, guys will, that play will just say to their teammates or their mates, you know, come down for a kick. And in general, we get a good, um, you know, a good supply of players through there. We've in the last few years, especially 2019, we had one probably six expats, which is obviously really good and really key. And teams now um, the, the the competitions become a lot more serious, and you know we sort of um, now there's now there is actual active recruiting of you know going to sport other sporting organisations and saying, hey, look, this is a sport you can help your players in your code will get better at their own you know at rugby at basketball that sort of thing by playing afl just because it um covers such a broad variety of sports with the skills and that sort of thing so it's i guess to um to answer your question it's not difficult to get players but it's difficult to get enough players every week, just given the nature of the competition. But um, we were, you know, we were unlucky this last season Where I think that one stage we had 13 guys injured. And, you know, um, so it was a battle, you know, to get 18 every week. But then we've had years where we've had seven or eight blokes sitting on the bench. So it's, you know, it's swings and roundabouts, but in general, um, the player base is, is pretty good and it's getting better.
2: So you guys play... Obviously 18 So How many on the bench Are you guys allowed As many you want On the bench Or
1: uh, Well As of last year we bought, There was the, a rule Brought in That we were allowed Six on the bench So a 24 man Game day squad um, Which works For most teams Because um, It's a really good day To get 24 And um, but and yeah, the, when I first started, there was you know, there were, like I say, there was days where we had seven or eight on the bench, but then the next week you might have one or two. So um, it just yeah, it, you don't and you're at the same time you don't want to tell guys you can't play because you've got too many players because you want to keep them involved and all that sort of thing. So it the, the the six on the bench rule works for works nine weeks out of ten for for most teams. You're not you're very rarely standing you know having to stand someone down because you've got too many players.
2: Yeah, and that, that's a good thing. it sort of the whole every, whole, every time the competition can sort of, that uh, 24 a week uh, works for him. Um, what was that up to? Uh, whereabouts do you guys train and play your games? So we train and play at Hagley Park in the middle of
1: Christchurch um, two years ago, three years ago. We shifted from into the middle of the city from a park called Northwood, which is probably about ten k's from the center of the city. Um, whereas Hagley Park, being right in the middle of town, you get a lot of a lot of foot traffic going past, a lot more exposure, um, and it's a it's a just a nicer ground to play on in general.
2: Yeah, lovely. Um, so as you said earlier in the chat, you guys had was it eleven grand finals in a row you'd made before. 2020 uh, 20
1: or 9? Uh, it might have been 11. It was 2010 to 2019. So 10, 10 yeah. in a row. Yeah.
2: And how many did you guys win in that? That's an incredible, incredible effort to get to 10. Yeah. So I've won, I played in five and won three. Um,
1: and I think I could be wrong, but I think they might have won six of the 10 or seven of the 10. Yeah. Right, that's a hell of an effort.
2: Yeah. And yeah. Was it a bit disappointed not getting there this year or about time you let someone else have a crack?
1: It was it was and we had chance, you know, we had our chances to to win a couple of which would have given us a chance uh, a shot, you know, at being in there. But um at the end of the day we probably weren't quite good enough anyway. Um there was one dominant team last year and um I think what, the, the way the grand final was played out, we probably couldn't have made it the game that it was with the play, with the players we had available. So yeah, it's disappointing, but at the same time, um, you know these things happen, and you just got to get better.
2: And you're you're referring to the uh, the mid Canterbury Eagles, and I was sort of keeping track of the season. You're right, they were a dominant dominant team. They were putting some absolute beltings on teams. I was saying. Yeah, they were.
1: They um yeah they've. Had a, they, you talked of recruiting they've had some got some really good recruits this year um, or last year and coming into this year and they've you know had a couple of blokes come back from Australia um, one in particular is the captain of the New Zealand team who played for Dromana um, in the Nepean League and um, he you know, he's just sort of taken over the coaching of the team pretty much and he's just got them well drilled and they've just got They've got experience in, in each end of the ground, which is what you need to, when you've got your new guys coming in, you can have someone to direct them and show them where to do, be and what to do, sort of thing. But they're just, yeah, they're just doing everything right,
2: basically. Yeah, and coming from Germana, who I think 2018 won the Division Two Premiership and then Division One in 2019, definitely yeah. uh, not a bad club to come from. Um, obviously, this year, the league was a bit, a little bit different because of COVID. You guys started a little bit later. Um, as I'm sure you know, you'd, you'd be aware, around, all around the world, not much footy actually got played. What was it like to actually be one of the very, very few countries in the world that actually got a domestic competition in?
1: Uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it wasn't obviously wasn't without its challenges. Um, starting late and going deeper, and you know we traditionally finish around the first or second week in November. And this time, you know this year last season we pushed into you know right into the middle of December um so it was obviously it was difficult to to work around other people's commitments and other sporting codes obviously being pushed back or brought forward as a result of yeah you know, of the uncertainty that covid's brought but um, in general it again it came down to all the four clubs just sort of buying into getting it done and um, you know giving guys some footy and it was it was it was good it was a nice distraction for a lot of people um and, you yeah, know, when, like you say, when you look around the world and there's not much, well, apart from the odd professional league, there's not much uh, local sport happening in general. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool to be able to, to say that we got a full season. And...
0: Yeah, testament to the guys running the league and to, to still uh, get it going and get it all happening. But do you guys get to travel to any other parts of New Zealand and play games against other clubs from the other leagues?
1: So, not so much um, club v club, but um, up until a couple of years ago, there was a yearly NPC uh, competition, which is what you guys would call state leagues. So, Canterbury, Auckland, Wellington, Otago would travel to Auckland and play a, um, a weekend competition up there, which, you know, was pretty much um, almost like a tr- semi-trial for, for New Zealand teams. And... Um, you got to play, obviously you got to play against guys that you'd never seen before and uh, a lot better you know a lot higher standard of footy. And in, I think three four years ago um, AFL New Zealand launched a, a, a premiership competition which they modeled on, they modeled it with a sort of on the AFL system where they had a, a draft system where players go into a pool and four basically franchise type clubs pick their squads, and guys travel from all around the country to Auckland um, every weekend to play a game, play games up there. Um, so there is, you know, there's a little bit of uh, footy to be played outside of your region. But in, in general, we've, um, we haven't played against another club as such, but it's, it is something that would be quite cool to do.
0: Yeah, so I see at the moment you've got a a nines comp a, mix, is it a mixed nines comp going at the moment.
1: Yeah, so that started uh, Monday last week with the first first round. That's yeah, it's um, you know just a social you know social kick around. But the yeah, others, um, I think we had a we had a thirteen year old playing in our team last week, and there's a whole heap, a whole heap of um, females in it as well, which is good to see. Because there's a bit of work being done to try to get the female game off the ground here, um, so that runs for six weeks this year, and you know, with a bit of luck, it'll be a success and it can continue, you know, be a yearly thing.
0: Yeah, nice. No, so hopefully you can get get some uh, get some more females involved well, because uh, I know there's some gun female rugby players running around for New Zealand. So if you could get a get a couple of them interested in the Aussie game and I'm sure they'd be dominating the AFLW in no time.
1: Yeah, it's a sort of possibly a bit of an untapped market over here, really, because you know, then you've also got your netballers and sports like that, which the the fundamentals of the game are similar, maybe just without that contact. But it's definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely something that that has the potential. It's just you've just got to get those numbers on the ground, don't you?
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll hopefully it pick up and. What about sponsorships for the club? Have you had a, much luck getting some good sponsors for the club?
1: We generally, it hasn't been too bad in my time. Um, there's normally, well, every club generally has someone whose boss will sponsor or um, you know, someone in the club owns a business who will put a bit of money in. Thankfully, we don't actually need too much um, in the way of finances to actually run a season. Which is quite good, um, so it's yeah, and it's not too difficult to get to you know to raise enough money to uh, you know to run a season. But it's always you know nice if you can get someone on board who's willing to put a bit of cash in each year to to upgrade your kit and you know upgrade your footies and that sort of thing. Uh, but we've, yeah, we, we were quite lucky last season. We had a, a new pub come on board and sponsored us. For, that's sort of our after-match base. And uh, one of the boys, his bosses, was keen to put his name out there a bit. So he sponsored our new kit and has um, got some plans in place for the coming years, you know, to, to help the club move forward, which is cool.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. It's, uh, we're currently in the process of trying to get some more sponsors on board and make sure the ones that were on... Well two years ago staying on board we know how hard it is to uh, get sponsors so it's great that you've got one that's uh, jumped on board and got the new kits and doing more for you guys. Um social side of the club. So you said you guys got a bar that you head to. What are some of the social events that you guys hold?
1: Um we there's always probably we try to do two or three during the year. Um there's generally we have a wags night where Everyone brings the, brings the wives and girlfriends and partners and get dressed up and, um, you know, make, you make, make them feel involved and, you know, brings a bit of camaraderie and they, everyone gets to know each other a bit better and that sort of thing. Um, AFL grand final day is always a big, you know, a big occasion here. Um, we, the games are pushed forward earlier so that guys have time to get home, shower, and get back to wherever their, you know, wherever their club base is to watch it. Um, which is, you know, it's nice when it's a day grand final because it's sort of four thirty in the afternoon, which is, you know, just peak, peak beer drinking and footy watching time. I'm um, looking <laughs> after that, how
2: <laughs> did you go this year? Would it have been what ten thirty your your would it have been? Like,
1: 30, 30, uh, yeah, ten o'clock, ten o'clock, yeah. ten thirty. Yeah, yeah it that was would have been um, shit
2: for you guys, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it's a long time to sit up and wait for a <laughs> for your team to win a flag, but. Yeah, uh, this last season was a battle with those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday games. Having to sit up to one o'clock in the morning to watch a game wasn't ideal. Oh, you're, 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 a bit,
2: you're a better fan than I am. <laughs> yeah. Nah, um, do you guys go on any end of season trips? There's always talk of it.
1: Um, but I've been on we've had two since I've been playing um, we've been to Wellington there was a group of us and um, we went to Dunedin and actually had a, a social game against a, uh, an Otago team in Dunedin one year which was pretty good but um, it's given the the age range of players we've got a lot of guys who are actually under 18 who can't really go on footy trips um, And a lot of guys are at the the stage of life where kids are coming on board and that sort of thing. So it's it's there's all everyone would like to go on one, but um, in general, we yeah we we struggle to to get away. But um, we've introduced a proper um, not a Mad Monday, but we call it Super Saturday in the last three years, where it's a a dress up, um, you know go and do some activities and uh, retire to a bar or someone's house. So that's that's sort of our footy trip, um, which is a lot easier to organise and uh, you get a lot more bodies along to it and it's still a good day.
2: Yeah, they're probably the two biggest events on our calendars are our Silly Saturday and our footy trips. They're the ones that the blokes look forward to. It's uh, For as soon as you know that the season's wrapping up on a certain date, the plans for Silly Saturday come out, what what are you getting dressed up as, what yeah. are you doing? and. Normally on the Sunday it's fifty going back to clean the rooms from the destruction that's been caused by the boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 no.
0: And and our footy trips usually planned before we even know who we're playing round one. So um, that's that's how far ahead our, our footy I trip. I think gets <clears> last
2: way. year the uh, the well last year twenty nineteen we had up we went on a cruise. Um, if you can believe that before. It became a very, very popular thing to do. I'm pretty sure the idea of what we're going to do for footy trip was floated around like second night of pre-season. Yeah, so yeah, that was how quick early it was on. Mm.
1: This. Well, you'd almost use it as a recruiting drive, wouldn't you? So, look, this is what we're doing for the footy trip. Come play for us.
2: I think we had 20. Was it 24 on the cruise? Had 24 blocks yeah, 24 bikes going. It was the biggest footy trip they've had in quite some time. That'd we be untidy. Confirmed. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, it was. It could have been worse, but uh, no, one, no one ended up overboard, so, we, you know.
2: No one got put in, uh, actually, I was going to say, no one got put in the, sh- the cruise ship jail, but yeah. someone got put in isolation for 24 yeah. hours. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was
0: close. Somebody almost, there. Yeah. Yeah, was on the verge of getting locked up. But uh, anyway, um, all right. So, speaking of, you know, players playing up on footy trips, it's time for you to throw some of your teammates under the bus. Um, so who of the club would you say is the class clown or the joker?
1: Um, I could probably, all these questions, to be honest, I could probably give the same name for all of them. <laughs> but um, I'll give a different name for this one and then the same name for the rest of them. Um, so the, the biggest clown we have in our team is a fellow by the name of Dale Stevenson, who's an um, ex-Australian um, Olympic shot putter. <laughs> Who um, is from the Mornington Peninsula, and he is just—he's an absolute child, and he's brilliant. <laughs> and he's so big and strong that you can't do anything about what he does because he can just fend you off, or pick you up, or do whatever he wants with you. And um, yeah, he's just nothing sacred around him. Eh? He's brilliant.
0: That's when you said shock putter. I was—I'm trying to think how his skills would translate to footy. And then as soon as you said defend off, I'm like, oh yeah. Imagine getting offended yeah. off by Can't a Shot Shopwood
2: putter. is normally quite stocky. Yeah.
1: He he's about he's about twenty five to thirty kilos lighter than he was when he was competing. And um, he's in, yeah, so he's still got that power, but now he's now the weight's gone a little bit and uh, he's one of the best kicks I've ever seen as well. He's just you know he's basically like Tony Lockett. You put him in the goal square and kick the ball to him when he catches it and kicks a goal.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, we'd have, you know, vice like grip in his hands,
1: wouldn't he? Yeah. 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 All right. So who's the biggest party animal? Unfortunately, the biggest party animal moved back to uh, moved back home to South Australia last year, and that was a guy called Nathan Hayes. And he's just an absolute pain in the ass. He has about four beers and he's hopeless, but um, he yeah, he just loves it. He just lives, lives for footy and lives for drinking piss.
2: Sounds like he'd uh, fit in at a lot of clubs, I reckon. That's what he, that's what he cares about. Yeah, yeah. He'd fit down at our club. Um, who's the bloke that just takes the game far too seriously?
1: Same bloke. Same Nathan bloke. Hatt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. You've
1: got to remind him that it's a four-team competition and uh, you're not playing for sheep stations.
2: <laughs> uh, well, you did say that uh, it'd be the same bloke for the four answers. So why yep. wouldn't you want to uh, room with him on a footy trip?
1: Uh, probably refer back to answers one and two. <laughs> yeah yeah he's just a pain in the ass an absolute <laughs> pain in the ass yeah uh,
2: and what's his nickname because obviously the his nickname's the stoat because stoats
1: are just absolute pests they're like uh I don't think you'd like to have we got them they're like a ferret sort of type thing That they yeah so this the stoat is an absolute he's just an absolute pest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh,
0: so well. That's we have a guy at our club who, well, he's not at our club at the moment. He's up in Queensland, but he's of New Zealand heritage. And the first day at the club, he's you know, what's your nickname? And he says, "My nickname's Cuz." So he's just <laughs> he's just been called Cuz his whole career. Ah. But I reckon the stoke probably suits him better because he yeah. is an absolute bloody pest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think we might have found a new nickname for him when he gets back from Queensland.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, feel free. Exactly. Feel free to feel free to carry it on. <laughs> well, we'll get it going. The blokes be like, "A what now?" Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll test just how much he knows his heritage, Rifty Yeah, well,
0: that's it. He's. I think the closest his uh, you know, ties are to New Zealand is the shit tribal tattoos he's got, but.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: Not... <laughs> Not, not proper marion's, ones, pro- like nah. just, just, oh, okay. <laughs> just, just standard ink
2: ones, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marianne yeah.
1: Right. Uh, well,
0: thanks, Ace, for joining us, mate. We do appreciate you uh, jumping on and, and chatting to us about your Bulldogs over there. Um, best of luck with the, the mixed nines comp you got going at the moment and um, hopefully that all goes well and, and you get your normal season underway uh, when it's time to kick off for that season as well.
1: No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, all the best for you guys. Yeah, do you you guys must be starting pre-season?
0: Yeah, about to start next week. Yep.
1: Nice. And as all all systems go for a for a normal competition at this stage, do you think?
2: Yeah, yep. it feels that way. The uh, league have uh, got everything in place, and the fixtures are all set up and ready to go. So I guess now it's just a matter of hopefully we can stay the course with how we're traveling down at the moment and. No uh, third waves kicking.
1: in. Yeah, it'd be a nice thought, wouldn't it? Well, it's also hard to believe that it's only uh, it's only eight weeks till the AFL starts again.
2: Is it really? Jesus Christ. <laughs> this, yeah. this year's flown by already.
1: Yeah, it's cooked. <laughs>
2: it's, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> as long as uh, the Australian Open doesn't screw us up, we'll be right.
1: Yeah. Nah, you boys will be good. Um, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. I look forward to uh, following following the podcast here on out. It'd be cool to listen to, to some other, you know, other tales from around the world to, to see how footy goes. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Uh,
0: you got a hundred, hundred and three episodes to catch <laughs> up on. So Plenty of listening for you.
1: Oh, um, if we have another, lo- if we have another lockdown, I know what to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks Heath, for
1: joining us, mate. And uh, take care. All right. Cheers, boys. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the copper cast with the President VP. Uh, if you want to go check out the social media and follow along with all the other clubs that we've spoken to and follow along with our journey, you can head on over to Facebook.
2: You are gonna head over to Facebook and follow the Sandown Cobras uh, Football Netball Club for all the previous catalogue videos. Um, Instagram at Sandown Cobras FNC, at Twitter uh, at Sandown Cobras, or you can follow the CobraCast page. Uh, that's at Instagram and Facebook at the CobraCast Press VP. So all one word, and you can subscribe to wherever you get your your podcast. Just search the CobraCast for the Present VP. Lovely. And uh, make sure you subscribe and leave a you know, give us five stars, mate. Bump yeah, us up yeah. in the world. We're, we're making waves in Germany, apparently. So uh, let's make waves all around the world. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks for listening,
0: and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode.